I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, welcome back. It's Cheyenne and today I'm sitting down with Jackie. She is a head women's basketball coach at Furman University. Thanks for joining us. Thanks Cheyenne, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you and kind of learn more about you and your season. So you're actually kind of coming closer to the end of your 10th season. Can you kind of tell us about how your season's going? Yeah, uh, so as you mentioned, this is year 10 and we're in the Southern Conference and so mostly all Southeast uh, mid-major schools. And uh, in preseason, we were picked first. Uh, We only graduated one senior last year. We lost in the Southern Conference Championship game in Asheville, uh, North Carolina last year um, by three points to Mercer, who was the number one seed and hadn't lost in Southern Conference play in two years. So graduated, like I said, just one senior from that team. Has some pretty talented all-conference kids returning. So we're pretty confident on, you know, just being able to kind of take that one more step and, and win a championship. And of course, within that, you know, we've, we've kind of gotten banged up and bruised up and also trying to deal with the pressure of being number one. So we are now heading into our conference tournament. So our regular season is done and we play Thursday against Walker, who we ironically just beat on Saturday. So we're playing them back to back and it's going to be a, a, a pretty great battle, you know, so for early on, we are the four seed. So actually one, two and three all had matching records. So, yeah, it's crazy. So we actually have only eight teams in our in our conference, and three of them are saying they're the regular season champs. So it's a, it's a really weird situation, and we're that team that's um, a game or maybe two behind. Uh, so we're, we're in the 4-5 game. So we play that Thursday, and hopefully we can get back to the championship game but have a different result this time. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy how tight everybody is in that conference with standings. I mean, to have three people kind of share that championship, you it know, the competition so- is so neck and neck. Yeah, it, I mean, everyone literally was beating up on everyone. And that's – so the number one seed, we're the only team in the whole conference that that beat them twice. Other than that, they have beat everyone at least once or swept everyone else. Um, but we got swept by the two and three seed, which is kind of backwards. And so it, it, it was really weird. It's, you know, every even the eighth seed who was – Western Carolina, they hadn't won a conference game, I think, in two years. And they they pulled out two or three wins this year. So it's just a really crazy uh, conference turn. Uh, you know, it's going to be a crazy yeah. conference, but the regular season was wild. Yeah, well, and good luck with that because, you know, when you start into that conference tournament, everything's kind of restarted and it's like a Absolutely. clean slate for any team. Anybody can take it, you know? Absolutely. March is crazy. So March Madness. Yeah, March Madness, for sure. Yeah. How did you get into coaching? Well, it's, it's really weird, actually. I had zero desire to coach in college, you know, so uh, I'm really blessed to be at my alma mater. And so, you know, I played at Furman from 1996 to 2000, and I was a pre-med major. I thought I was going to go to uh, med school and be a doctor or a PA, physician's assistant. And so I was really just enjoying my career and luckily had a really blessed and successful career while I was at Furman. And I I got the opportunity to play overseas. So I played in Belgium my first year out, and I played in Israel uh, the following year. And ironically, went to Israel uh, three months after 9-11, which is crazy scary. And my dad is a – I'm a military brat, so my dad's a pretty high-ranking official in in the military, and he actually worked at the Pentagon at the time, so even super scarier. And I played in Israel, and then um, the following season, I was supposed to play in Russia. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not going to Russia. I'm good. I think I'm just going to kind of call it quits. Uh, I like stability and, you know, playing overseas doesn't give you mm -hmm. much stability, especially when you come home, you have no insurance, stuff like that. So I decided I would just go back and start getting my hours to apply for med school. And during that time I, I worked, you know, um, I was getting my hours, but I also worked as a personal trainer in a gym in the Washington DC area. And um, one of the girls that I trained was a high school basketball athlete, and she was pretty high profile. She ended up going to UVA, but she's like, hey, you know, do you want to help coach my AAU team? I was like, well, sure. I still love basketball, still wanted to be around it, still played around um, in Northern Virginia area. So started coaching the, an AAU team, Fairfax Stars, out of Northern Virginia. From there, my college coach, that team was loaded. We ended up winning a national championship um, when that was a big thing. Now it's kind of dying down, but my college assistant coach is like, hey, there's a position open at Bucknell. You want to give this college thing a try? And I was like, no. He's like, no, you're going to be really, really good. <laughs> try it. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, it doesn't hurt to go interview. So I interviewed, ended up getting the job, and kind of the rest is history. I spent two years at, um, at Bucknell and I spent five years at James Madison and then got the head coaching job here um, 10 years ago almost. So it's been quite a you know, when you're going in one direction and then all of a sudden you make a sharp right and you're going in another yeah. direction. That's pretty much my history. How cool. And it's so cool that you're able to go back to where you played and be a coach there now too. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. You know, at first it's one of those scary things because people tend to associate your coaching career with how you played. And mm -hmm. like I said, I had a really good career here, but coaching is way harder than playing. You know, I had control when I was a player. I have no control now. I just pray that they listen. So. Yeah, you're like, please listen to me. <laughs> yes, please listen to what I'm telling you to do. It. Please do it, please. <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned that you kind of got to play overseas. Can you little talk a little bit more about maybe some of your favorite travel experiences, whether it's playing or coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, my first job was in Belgium, um, and that was – I am, an, uh, like I said, I am a military brat. My dad was 31 years in the army, um, but I was the only, I have three older brothers, um, but I was the only one out of the four kids who had never lived out of the country until I was able to play professionally. So my brothers had lived in Germany and, and then um, I was born right after we moved back to the States. So it was pretty cool just to be able to go to Europe. Super scary. I probably needed that independence. I'm definitely a daddy's girl, but I was always up under my mom. Um, the whole time in high school and everything like that. So going over to a European country for months on a time, just by yourself playing basketball was definitely eye-opening. But I love Europe. It was, um, the food is so great. Um, you know, in Belgium, I, I mean, I ate all the time. And I, I don't like eating chains. I like eating different stuff and trying different yeah. stuff. So I was able to travel all over the place with Belgium um, when I played in Belgium, came home, and then went to Israel, and Israel is one of the most phenomenal countries because you kind of have a vision of what you just see on TV in the U.S., and I was just thinking deserts and tanks and stuff like that, and I lived in Renana, which is right outside of Tel Aviv, which is on the beach, and it was beautiful, and Tel Aviv is beautiful, and it was kind of the first time experiencing kosher food, and, and most people speak English, and, you know, it was just really, really cool experience, and I've just, like I said, I've traveled, especially when I was in Belgium, I traveled to the Netherlands, and, and I've been to Spain, and, and stuff like that. The only place I never went that I always wanted to go was Paris, because for some reason, every time I tried to go, the trains were on, on strike, so oh. I never realized how much the trains were on strike until I lived in Europe, so... Yeah, it was a really, really cool experience, and I had some great traveling memories. 
Yeah, and do you get to travel anywhere with your teams? I mean, either in country or out of the country? Yeah, so I, I'm really big at trying to give our girls an experience that they can't get. I think that's one thing that my coach did really well when I was at Furman is just making us stay in different places or traveling all over a different country. Um, so I try to get my – I admit, though, the only place I'll go that's really, really cold is, like, New York because I <laughs> want to see Times Square. Otherwise, I'm going to pure warmth all the time. Yeah. So we've, we've traveled to tournaments in Florida the last couple of years. I, I want to get them out to California because I don't think I have a lot of kids that have ever seen the West Coast. We did a foreign tour to Spain this past August, which was amazing. I mean, more than half of our team didn't even have a passport, you know, before the foreign tours. We did 10 days in Spain and traveled all over uh, Barcelona and Madrid and uh, Valencia, which was really, really cool. And I had never been to Spain. When I was at James Madison, we went to Italy as a team. So it was really cool to be able to share that experience uh, with the girls. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like you've had some really cool places you got to go as a player and also as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I love traveling, you know, with my family to the Caribbean and just all over the United States. Like I said, as a military brat, I've lived all over, but just being able to travel and see different things within the U.S. and then also abroad, it's pretty special. Yeah, it's super special. I feel like you learn a lot of lessons too, just not even knowing it as you're going and all the culture and the experiences and it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because you got to kind of become a chameleon, you know, you mm -hmm. don't want to uh, offend anyone. You want to learn cultures. You want to embrace the experience. I think that's one of the things that we talked about with our team. When you go to Barcelona, you know, nine o'clock is when everything is kicking off 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, restaurants have, have kind of like a little siesta in the middle of the day where, you know, restaurants and shops are not open because they're preparing for, you know, stuff. So we really talked to them about embracing the culture of, of wherever you are, you know, and, and not doing, we don't eat at chains. I hate eating at chains on the road even now. So when we travel, whatever city we're going to, we're going to eat it somewhere that we don't have in Greenville. So that's, that's something I like to do. I want them to try different stuff and have a different experience because I think that's paid off during my career. Yeah, I love that. I love how you mentioned not eating at different chains because I'm the same way when I travel. I'm like, no, guys, we have this at our house. Why would we eat here when we're all across the country? Like, it doesn't make sense to so try something new. <laughs> Absolutely, it doesn't. Like, if you don't go to Philly and get a cheesesteak, that doesn't make sense. If you don't go to New England and get seafood, like, it, just none of that stuff makes sense. So we mm -hmm. definitely try to experience whatever, you know, regionally is the most popular dishes and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, but what is one thing that no one knows about you that you can share with us? Oh, gosh. Well, I won't say no one because, um, you know, obviously like my husband and, and my kids, but I, I, I love to draw and a lot of my art is in my mom's house. How cool. um, I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but I, I took art lessons and I, I took, like, my mom stuck me in everything. So I was really pretty accomplished tennis player as well. A lot of people don't know that. So that's, wow. and then um, I had scholarships to play volleyball. And, but yeah, I played tennis and I'm a pretty good artist. Wow. And you had a scholarship for, vo for volleyball I too. Yeah, I played one year of high school volleyball and ended up getting a scholarship offer. But I thought it was probably safer to stick with basketball. Wow, that's awesome. Do your kids, I mean, they're probably little, right? They are. They're eight and six, two girls. Oh, cute. Do they like to draw or play sports or how does that play into them? They do. Uh, so my oldest is eight and her name is London. And she is the complete, like, so if anyone's ever watched the, the movie, Remember the Titans, she's uh -huh. the girl, the head coach's daughter, or the assistant coach's daughter in the movie. Like, that's completely 
And she comes in the locker room after the game and she's way more critical. Like you guys didn't <laughs> do defense, you need to do this. And like, she's pretty like, and she's on it. Like she's like, Oh, you know, these officials are bad. So I had to work with her a little bit. Like we can't blame the officials. We got to do better. <laughs> Uh, but she's really, really good at soccer, and she wants to be a WNBA player. Now, my youngest is six. Her name is Lathan, and she's slowly getting into the sports scene. But I just remember we went to a – so this year, Greenville, South Carolina, where we are, is hosting the SEC tournament, and they hosted it, uh, the SEC Women's Tournament a couple of years ago, so we took the girls. And so Lathan, this typical Lathan, you know, she wants to be a ballerina, but she's – Bless her heart, she's probably going to be at least 6'5". So, <laughs> Paula's a ballerina in the history. Yeah. You know, ballet. Just the whole game, you know, London's locked in and Lathan's like, ooh, it was South Carolina versus Mississippi State. She's like, oh, mommy, look at the bulldog and the chicken. You know, so she's just looking at the mascots. And so, she's slowly like, um, she's like my biggest fan. She tells me, you know I'm your biggest fan, mommy. And she's so proud that mommy is a head coach and that's so – uh, like amazing to her so she enjoys it just from a just a different set of lenses mm-hmm. that is so cute I love that thanks for sharing yeah. that I know I kind of didn't really ask you about that but I love hearing how the family plays a role into everybody in their position you know yeah absolutely and then like I said, my husband is actually an academic or he's an assistant AD here at Furman so we're kind of like a package family deal around here and he does all the academics for all the student athletes. So thank God for him. And then, like I said, my girls keep me grounded and it just kind of helps me be a better coach at the end of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a family affair. Everybody's involved. Absolutely. If you're an athlete wanting to play for a collegiate team, what's your advice to them? Yeah, I think you have to really be passionate about it. I know a lot of kids say, oh, I want to play at the next level, but don't really envision what that takes. I think you need to, um, there's so much accessibility now, especially with the recruiting rules. You, you really need to go watch a practice and, and study the game. Uh, one of the things that's being lost by high school kids, I think, now is just studying the game and understanding the game of basketball. You know, it's not just playing AAU and going out there and getting exposure. It's about really understanding the game and what it takes to be successful. Uh, I think Sabrina Unescu just talked about that, like, she wanted to practice harder than anyone else. And that was one of the things that she learned from Kobe Bryant. And, and that is literally starting to become a, a recruiting tool, like a kids that play hard and really want to invest. So I would suggest go watch practices and visit with coaches and ask them what they're looking for and what they see and really see if that's something you want to do. Because right now, if you play hard and you're passionate about the sport, it's so obvious and you won't have a problem being recruited. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such great advice because – I feel like being a smart player kind of separates you from maybe the flashy player who's super like talented and flashy, but they're not super smart with what their decisions on the court. So I really like that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like just having a basketball knowledge right now is a separator. I think that's one of the things when UConn was at its best, you had all American kids that had the talent, but also ran a system and understood how the game was being played. And that was the separator. And now you're just having more and more programs match that. So it's not just about that athletic program. There's a lot more systems and, mm-hmm. and you know, and just um, like I said, the basketball side of it is just a, everyone's a little bit more knowledgeable. So I think that's what's starting to even out the playing field in the women's side. Yeah, for sure. I think that's awesome. I really liked your insight there. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. 
Just as we kind of wrap it up, Jackie, can you kind of tell us about what's your next adventure and what's up next? Yeah, so like I said, we are, as we finish up the season, hopefully we um, we will play three games this weekend is the goal um, and then see what postseason looks like. Uh, obviously, dreams of playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then honestly, you know, once the season is over, um, I serve on a number of, of committees with the NCAA and, and I'm on, on the WBCA. So just making sure that, you know, at the Final Four, I love getting insight on how to be better. And then I, I, I truly am looking forward to unplugging a little bit and spending time with my family because the season was so long, especially with a foreign mm-hmm. tour and looking for some places to travel. So if any of the listeners or anyone has suggestions, <laughs> in the my way, I would love to hear them. Um, but I think it's just really big to unplug after the season, you know. And so uh, I don't know where that's going to be yet, but I'm looking forward to finding out and, and, and taking some time off. Yeah, for sure. You need it. You deserve it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for joining us today. It was great to talk to you and kind of get more insight into how you became the coach and how your season's going. And we wish you the best of luck with your games this weekend. Thank you so much, Diane. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.